When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The gigantic government sucks. Pursuit of happiness radio is deluxe. Liberty and freedom will make you smile. The pursuit of happiness on your radio dial. Just as cheeseburgers and liberty fries. It's pursuit of happiness time. (laughs) Doctors, medical professionals, people that, you know, give you health advice for a living, say you only need 4,000 steps a day to be healthy. And once you get them, be sure to announce it to everyone around you because we all care. We all want to know how many steps you took today, Nancy or Karen or what's your name? Bryson, Callum, Skyler. What's the whitest name you could think of? Hi, I'm Kenny Webster. That's pretty white. It really is. It's a Friday show. This is a live show. I I mean, I don't know. Honestly, it could be a rerun, but it's today's Friday, August 11th, 2023. So if that's live, good. Welcome. Big show today. Lots going on. My friend Alex Mueller. Stepping by in just a little bit, her and Mattress Mac are involved in a lawsuit to do an audit of the 2022 election. We've got news to break, so you want to be here for that. Plus, Daniel Turner from Power of the Future, Michael Quinn Sullivan is stopping by from TexasScorecard.com. Brandon Darby is going to be here from Breitbart.com, both of them senior editors. Oh, senior editors. We love a good senior editor on the show. And if you like podcasters, my friend... My friend James Parker will be here as well. All that and more, plus your voicemails. Don't go anywhere. It's all coming up in just a little bit. Before we get to any of that, I, like a lot of you, am really skeptical when the media blames mental health problems on an inanimate object. You know, that I know it's sad to think about, but there are so many different ways you could kill yourself. You could take drugs. You could hang yourself. You could drown yourself. You could jump off of a building. I'm not trying to give you ideas. I'm just painting a picture here that the gun is a method of suicide. Again, don't kill yourself just so we're like, what a selfish, terrible thing to do if you kill yourself. It's very sad if that happens. But living in a post-pandemic America, the suicide rate is abnormally high right now. As Breitbart.com reports today, a record number of nearly 50,000 Americans took their lives last year. And naturally, the media blames an inanimate object it's an it's an inanimate object's fault they don't want to look at the cause they just want to look at the method and i'm sure you already know what i'm about to say firearms the main driver of suicide according to the american foundation for suicide prevention and the associated press is firearms people are killing themselves because they have guns i know what you're thinking but kenny why would you you know i have a gun i didn't kill myself yeah i know you're a reasonable person 
I hope. Thank you for listening. Uh, here's the logic behind it, according to the Associated Press. Quote, A recent John Hopkins University analysis used preliminary 2022 data to calculate the nation's overall gun suicide rate that rose last year to an all-time high. For the first time ever, the gun suicide rate among black teens surpassed the rate among white teens. And they go on to say it's the firearms fault. The easiest way you can expose the stupidity, the insanity, the illogic rhetoric behind this thinking is to apply the same anti-science logic to something else. The increase in car accidents is caused by the availability of cars. Sounds pretty stupid, doesn't it? The increase in drunk driving is caused by the availability of liquor. The increase in paper cuts is caused by the availability of paper. I could go on and on, should I? The increase in bathtub drownings is caused by, you get the point. You know, people fall down the stairs because stairs are everywhere. I know, Lord of mercy. People are not committing suicide because firearms exist. The reason people commit suicide is infinitely more complicated than that. Suicide increased steadily starting in 2000. Americans have had access to guns since 1776. Well, really before that. Here's the idea. Let's look at what actually has changed since the year 2000 that might negatively affect a person's state of mind to cause one to commit suicide. How about the proliferation of social media? How about the increased acceptance of psychotropic drugs? Here's a report. The report says, quote, white men in particular have very high rates of suicide. Okay, one big cultural change since 2000 has been the growing embrace of openly denigrating the, and dismissing the existence of white people. White men are a bunch of toxic Nazis who love to rape, according to the liberal media. And, you know, worse still, the only way to avoid being lumped in with awful white men is to surrender your penis to the social justice mob like Stephen King did. You get what I'm saying here? I don't know what's causing suicide. I mean, I would assume social media hasn't helped. I would assume the high availability of psychotropic drugs. I would assume the rhetoric from our media telling us that the very people that built and created this country are what's wrong with it. But what I do know is that our culture is moving away from God and faith, Judeo-Christian values, purpose, direction. As a cisgendered, heteronormative white man, I can tell you with great certainty, we don't really have coming-of-age rituals anymore. We're moving away from family. When nothing sustains a person more than raising, protecting, and caring for, for their loved ones. I'll tell you what obviously isn't decreasing the suicide rate. All this toxic talk about self-love and self-care and liberation through pleasure. Trust me, few people are as miserable as the narcissists. The idea of killing myself is beyond comprehension. I can empathize with people that are in pain all the time. I get it. But it's hard for me to imagine there isn't one person in your life who you love enough that you wouldn't want to cause that kind of pain on them. I don't understand that, that you would want to cause. That you, imagine the insanity of knowing that your mother or your sister or your children are still alive and you could kill yourself and you wouldn't be in pain anymore, but they would be in pain for the rest of their lives knowing what happened to you. Do you want to do that? 
like a lot of you, I own guns. And not once has my gun tempted me to kill myself. Owning guns, for me, I think is healthy and natural, and I feel safer at night knowing that it's there. Guns help to fulfill the purpose of self-reliance. You could protect your loved ones. If the government confiscated my guns, it would increase my unhappiness through a sense of helplessness. But for some reason, nobody wants to talk about that. You're listening to Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. Please, if you're offended by anything you heard, take out a piece of paper, write down a detailed description of what bothered you, and fax it to 1-888-NOBODY-GIVES-A-F- Better come with cash. All right, okay. I think we're all set. Greetings! There are nine people watching us. Could somebody in the comment section sign off and let me know? Just sound off and... Sharon says she hears us. Thank you so much. Good. We're working. Hi, everybody. It's Kenny. I'm here with Alex Mueller. It's Friday. It's a Friday show. Paul is listening. Sharon is listening. Greetings to everybody watching us on social media right now. It's good that this is working because you never know. It's, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not high tech. I'm high touch. I'm here to touch your emotions, folks. I'm Kenny Webster. And as a lot of you know, last November, we had an election and there was a lot of attention on Maricopa County. There was a lot of attention on what happened in Georgia, but on a national level, I don't really think Harris County got the attention that it deserves. And if you live in Southeast Texas, you already know what happened. You know how bizarre it was. Our buddy Wayne Dolcefino, a very good journalist, a good friend of the show, did uh, research to determine where a lot of the strange, the shenanigans, the malarkey, the tomfoolery, if you will, took place at polling locations where they opened late, closed early, there wasn't enough paper ballots, that sort of thing. And overwhelmingly, one of the things that we noticed that was happening is that more often than not, the weird stuff going on at polling locations seemed to happen in parts of Houston, Texas, where conservatives were voting at. And that is frustrating because the Republicans lost by less than 1% of the vote. If you're a fan of Alex Mueller or any of the other great candidates that ran in Southeast Texas November and you voted for them, you have a right to be angry. You have a right to ask questions. So a lot of people have and... The way it works here in Texas when we have an election is that it is the secretary of state on a statewide level who handles things. And then generally, locally, it's usually the clerk. Now, we have what we call affectionately known as the election czar here in Houston and Harris County. Uh, Clifford Tatum was one of them last year. Isabella Longoria, both of them equally controversial, criticized by people in their own party for how they handled elections in both Washington, D.C. and Harris County, losing ballots, not having enough paper ballots. Look, this is, you know, Facebook may take this video down and try to censor us, but what I'm saying is indisputably true. So anyway, Alex Mueller is here today, and Alex is a friend and a fantastic patriot. She's a great business person. She's a military veteran, went to West Point, went to business school, went to law school. Her resume is intimidatingly good vastly better than her opponents, whatever you may think of Lena Hidalgo. I mean, just putting policies aside, one of these people is far more qualified to do her job than the other person. And so at the end of the day, if you were a moderate, you probably didn't get the person that you wanted. And a lot of us have been asking Secretary of State Jane Nelson to do an audit. We remember last year during the summer of 2022 that the Republican state convention was held and we voted on what our priorities were. And I think the first priority, number one priority, the number one priority was election integrity. Now, you are now the poster child for getting screwed over in an election. 
And you are still fighting tooth and nail. You were silent for a while. People criticized you for that, but there was a reason that you were silent. You didn't want to screw up the case. You didn't want to. Some people criticized you having felt that you conceded too soon. But you've explained on the show before there was a reason you did that. And I, you know, I, I respect your answer. I respect that. Now we're at a point here where you're refiling. We're trying to get an audit going. Where are we at on that? So on the audit, you know, no updated timeline. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. You're good. Um, but I do know, at least Senator Bettencourt's been reaching out, trying to make sure there's resources. But it's just frustrating that it's nine months later and we don't even have a draft report. Um, it's, it's one of the things we struggle with in Harris County. It's like, yes, we have this red state, but often uh, the few Republicans we have uh, in Harris County, you don't know how to get Austin's attention. And when you do, it's not so uh, positively necessarily received. Right. Um, but this is one of those cases where, you know, we really do need the state uh, to step in. And, you know, some of the troubles or uh, more difficulties even in these trials is you're trying to go through, see which ballots are valid, which ones are not. And the better method versus us trying to pay these very expensive lawyers, legal fees, try to find an expert is obviously if you have a secretary of state audit to point to. Yeah. And what's really been frustrating about so many of the problems that happened in November, same issues that the 2020 audit found, you know, not proper chain of custody, right? People taking the ballots that shouldn't have broken seals, uh, all those controls and it's really the story of Harris County is, you know, another election is just more of the same problems that they're not correcting. Um, and ultimately, you know, they are subdivision of the state. And this is one of those times where the state uh, does need to get involved. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, because if you look at the results of the last election, if you look at who's in charge, you would think this was a deep blue city. It's not. It is polling research has proven it's not. Look, we had Cagle and we had Ramsey on the uh, Harris County Commissioner's yeah. Court a year ago. Now we just have Ramsey. For After all, some uh, creative map drawing. That's exactly <laughs> it. For all the complaining that liberals do about gerrymandering, they sure do seem to love it when it benefits them. Well, I think that's the whole thing, too, even with the case. Uh, they certainly uh, have cried for voter suppression. Look at Stacey Abrams. You know, I think still says she's governor. Um, but when you huh. quite literally have uh, Republicans that aren't able to vote, um, you know, then it's, well, it wasn't that big of a deal um, now voter suppression. It's like, well, I don't think it should be determined whether we take it seriously or not based on the geography. Yeah, that's exactly it, right. And, I mean, honestly, Cagle should still be in office. It's a shame that he's not. It's a shame that we lost Cagle. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So now we're dealing with, in the last two elections, I mean, it's obvious something weird happened in the last election. The election before that was no, bizarre. That, and that's the point. It's a history. Right. Uh, and so our case, you know, the kind of the main point is SB1, which is our current election law, was a game changer. Uh, and with it, because of the history of problems in counties, particularly like Harris County, the legislature, you know, we the people said, you need to run elections in accordance with these procedures. You need to make sure that these guardrails are applied. And what happened in our election here is they took the election code, threw it out the window, uh, and really removed all those safeguards that you need to know that it was a free and fair election, right? They can't even tell you how many mail-in ballots you look at their every uh, number you get from Harris County, every time it's a different data source, it's a different figure. Right. Um, there's no consistencies. And so what we've been saying is, you know, when you like every Texan should feel very confident about an election 
when it actually comports with state law because there is a lot of checks and balances. However, once you decide to just do whatever you feel like, which is essentially what happened in summary, now you've put those results in validity because it is very difficult to know, um, you know, did you have extra ballot stuffed in there? They, they kept no control of the ballot paper. Yeah. So you're supposed to also track serial numbers with it. And the way that I explain it um, to Mattress Mac is, imagine your inventory, you had no idea what got shipped out, what got returned, when it happened, but then you're just going to give customers a big bill. Yeah. You know, that, you know, how do you question that? That's great. That's a great question. Yeah, that's a great point. One mm-hmm. of the things I like about mm-hmm. you, speaking as one nerd, mm-hmm. just a, just a, a, a lowly nerd that I am, mm-hmm. that I like that you are a nerd. Besides yes. the <laughs> fact that we're both Liberty Republicans, mm-hmm. you and your team are nerds. And one of the things you pointed out is that mathematically speaking, this elect these election results don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. There are thousands of ballots that do not it just doing the math, looking at where people live and who voted and how many people should have voted. How many how many ballots do you suspect need to be audited, need to be reviewed? So yeah, we'll be reviewing a little over thirty thousand. Um, and as we go through it, you know, some of those uh, were highlighted in the Lunsford case, showed up in a change of address database. That in itself doesn't mean that they shouldn't be included, but it certainly means we need to look at it. And that's part of why I made a very loud call to get the Secretary of State, because when you're dealing with this number of ballots, um, one of the things that's very uh, suspect, they moved all of these uh, registrations onto the the suspended list right after the election. Well, some of those issues were from things back in 2021. You know, they're required by Texas law every 30 days maintain those voter rolls. So now, you know, they've essentially put their burden onto us. um, And somebody from the government should have oversight. It shouldn't fall on candidates challenging when you have this many ballots uh, that raise concerns. Right. Okay, that's a great point. All right. Let's say hypothetically, Mm -hmm. Lena Hidalgo and her team with all the national influence, with all the influence from D.C. and Hollywood and everything. Let's say hypothetically that they just left the elections the way they were several years ago, that we still had the county clerk handle it, Um, that we didn't bring in some guy from Washington, D.C. That, by the way, D.C.'s mayor, Mayor Bowser, didn't trust. No, that the (laughs) D.C. Just just put that out there. This was not some stellar reputation. Got hired with this job with 100K in federal tax liens outstanding. Right, exactly. So you, Mm -hmm. I mean, you out... You outpolled Lena. Mm-hmm. You outfundraised Lena, and Lena will tell you, "Oh, it's some big rancher that gave uh, Alex all her money." No, you had more individual donors and stuff. Like when I looked at the numbers, you were vastly more popular than her. Mm-hmm. And if we had ran this election the way that we used to run elections, do you think the Republicans would have lost? No, I mean, and one thing that stands out is across the nation, you heard the narrative: Republicans, you're just got so far behind in early voting, you couldn't make it up election day. I actually lost election day by more than early voting. Yeah. Do you think that's not how Republicans vote? No. Right now. Historically different, but the way that we vote now, um, find me how many other races Republicans did worse on election day um, than early voting. So that was frustrating to see as election day rolled in. You know, when the initial day, what I remember about it was everyone texting me like, oh, good sign. All these Republican places have long lines. Yeah. Uh, obviously, then in the days following out and looking at the project, you know, what actually happened was like, oh, they just didn't get a vote. They're in long lines because machines were down. They opened late. Um, not long lines because so many were circulating through. Yeah. This mm-hmm. was an interesting week for Harris County politics, uh, to put it bluntly. <laughs> Lena's nowhere to be seen. 
There's all kinds of weird rumors about what's going on with her. I don't claim to know the answer. Some people think that she has a pill addiction. Some people think that she's having a mental health crisis. I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. She, I do know that she's at a mental health facility out of state right now. And kind of like Dianne Feinstein or John Fetterman, why is it that liberals believe that you should still be able to obtain power even though you can't handle your own BS, right? Like this woman is incapable of handling her own life right now, but she still needs to maintain control over several million people living in Southeast Texas. I don't get why that's acceptable. And as as her opponent in the last election, I'm just curious what your take is on that. Yeah, so it's not acceptable. Uh, and all of those cases are bad, but at least those were legislative roles. Uh, it's actually reckless to be doing this when, by statute, you lead our emergency response. Hurricane Harvey comes. You are the person that is supposed to be declaring a disaster. Um, we wouldn't tolerate a pilot being mentally unstable. No. <laughs> that would be insane. But yet it's okay when you're supposed to lead us through Harvey because of your personal ambition. It's a public servant. If you're not fit for duty, uh, you shouldn't be in that position. Yeah. And what was frustrating, like Fetterman, these were issues – you know, talked about pretty frequently by insiders, you know, had the food poisoning slash ulcer slash whatever it came out during the campaign, uh, which we had always believed on my team. That was a mental health. Had a lot of people uh, that are kind of political insiders saying that was a panic attack. Um, but the one thing, you know, with Lena Hidalgo is whatever she says is not true. It's right. actually a Bill King quote there. Um, and so it is different that when you've had over a year of having um, unstable behavior, it's not a mea culpa to say, well, you can't criticize anything. If you had taken care of it as soon as it happened, before you'd already publicly insulted pretty much half of your own party, made threats against Mattress Mac, threats against business owners. Um, you know, yeah. How do you make Mattress Mac into the bad guy? Come on. This is the guy that sent disabled military veterans to the World Series. and was like, what the heck is going on? It's it's bananas what they've done to the guy. And I got to tell you, you know, Alex, you know, you've you known me for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't get offended very easily. I don't care if someone swears or like we have real problems. There's a homeless guy shooting up heroin right over here under the bridge across the street. We have bigger problems. Mm -hmm. Right. But I've never seen a county judge lose her mind like that or his or whoever. Yeah. I've never seen somebody start swearing in front of the camera. Lena Hidalgo claims she was sexually assaulted. No in, coverage. In Harris no. County Commissioner's Court. No coverage from the Chronicle, ABC 13, Fox. And the bigger point to that that gets left off is she is the head, as she always likes to remind everybody, you know, be more respectful. I'm the county judge. Well, what does it say when you talk about the good old boy culture you're trying to fix that you were groped, but you didn't do anything about it? How is someone junior to you supposed to feel safe to report an incident? It you are tacitly then saying you endorse that behavior because you were too scared to do something about it. So you either made it up or you're really putting the other employees at risk. That's it. I mean, Alex, it's crazy. I'm, I'm glad that you see this. I think a lot of people do. Imagine the insanity of this. Pretend you're a reporter at The Chronicle. Yep. Pretend you're Maya Shea at ABC 13. You're Gene Wu's wife, right? You're a journalist. You're a reporter. The most powerful politician in the county, in the biggest county in the state, says she got sexually assaulted at work mm -hmm. on record during a commissioner's court hearing, then removes the video from the website. Our friend Holly Hansen at the mm -hmm. Texan called him out on it. They had to put the video back up. No story at the Chronicle, no story mm -hmm. at ABC, no story at Fox. None of these people. No, nobody wants to do a story. Either it's true and it's a huge story mm -hmm. or it's not true and it's a huge story. How do you ignore this? No, just like 
the fact that the problems in our elections have been media blocked out. You know, Harris County has been going off the rails uh, for the last few years, and it's really been just kind of turned a blind eye. And I think now, unfortunately, things are just gotten to such a level um, that people are really able to see that, you know, we're threatening really the economic even health of our state. This is the economic engine of the entire state. And you've got people that aren't even stable running it. Um, not yes. to mention all the corruption issues that are coming up. Lena Hidalgo's got multiple staffers indicted. At City Hall, we've got massive corruption. That when you have a city government that's not functioning and a county government not functioning, it is impacting daily life. Yeah, look at what's going on right now. Energy capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Biggest port in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Space, space capital of America, right? Mm-hmm. The person in charge of the ship right now is nowhere to be seen. She's at some mental health facility on the other end of the country. Nope. What? Nobody cares. Nobody seems to mind. So now Rodney Ellis is in charge. And, you know, well, at like, least he gets the title finally. <laughs> exactly. I mean, let's all be honest. Rodney Ellis has always been in charge. Mm-hmm. Does anybody think that Lena Hidalgo strategized the covid vaccine outreach scam that they came up with? Does anybody think that she came up with? It might have been because it was sloppy. If it was Rodney, they probably wouldn't have the indictments. Do you, do you think so? Or the thing with the elections are like Lena yeah. didn't come up with that. That, that was, was Nancy Pelosi's absolutely, idea. Absolutely. Um, Strategic planning. I think everyone has an idea who's running the show on that. All right. So bottom line us here, like, I'm still cheering for you. I hope this works, Alex. I hope you get somewhere with this. I hope this audit works. I hope the Secretary of State comes through. I hope some of these big statewide Republicans back mm-hmm. you. I think it's a shame that they castrated Paxton. I know you're not here to attack Republicans, and I appreciate that. I think it's very disappointing that we're not hearing from more of these guys right now. All that being said... What are your best and worst hopes for this next step now that you've refiled? Yes. So the minimum sort of standard here is let's just figure out what happened. I think it's absolutely unacceptable that nobody, there's not one government office holder that knows what happened in the election. And that means how many locations went down for how long. How about even how many mail ballots should have been counted? Right. I mean, we're not trying to go to some crazy high bar. I'm not asking what somebody ate at 2 p.m. for their snacks, you know, what Licky and Chewy's. I just think we should know how many mail ballots were in this final. It's, like you said, a pretty important job. And so the bigger part that's very exciting and why um, I've taken this case very seriously is regardless of the outcome, uh, this case will go to the Texas Supreme Court, and they're going to have the opportunity to review and opine on essentially whether SB1, our state's election code, has teeth or not. Yeah. So there's the next question, right? Like, let's say we don't get the results we want, right? You've got a lot of important people cheering for you right now in and around the state, in and around the city. Let's say we don't get the results we want. At the mm-hmm. very least, can this be proof to the to the critics that there is a problem with election integrity in this state? Well, and that's what you hope, that there. Um, this leads to actual policy changes. For example, the Senate passed eliminate countywide uh, polling, Yeah, right? It makes it harder to have accountability. It got killed in the House. Uh, we just heard a court case in Lunsford where we know that they shorted over 100 locations uh, ballot paper. We're still trying to figure out how long they went without. Not all of them went without, but, you know, clearly they threw that leeway in their place to say, well, we're countywide voting, so we didn't have to comply. That's not how our team reads the statute, but... Clearly, you couldn't handle that responsibility, so Harris County should not have countywide voting. We have a lot of people watching us on social media right now. Clara says, I worked that election, and we knew before we opened the polls that we didn't have enough paper ballots. 
RPJ started calling the hotline repeatedly only to receive additional ballots at 6.10 p.m. Unimaginable de deflection of duty on behalf of Harris County officials. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think they did it on purpose. I think it's it, it was just, it was negligent and sloppy enough where nobody would actually think, oh, this can't be the scam. But th that was the scam. Well, I, and that's the significance. And one, uh, thank you, Claire, for working on these elections. Um, the biggest hope, right, is that we put pressure so that you, we get more oversight, that Republicans vote. My kind of biggest scare, worst case, is that people think the fixes in don't vote at all. That's and, my worry, too. And it's like, no, Republicans, we have to come out in such mass. Um, there were a lot of Republicans who did not vote that we could have had a huge margin um, to do that. Yeah. So, um, but it is putting more pressure that these cases have exposed kind of what they exploit and what those policy changes should be. We have to vote so much that they can't cheat. We yes. need so many of us to get out because we don't do what they do. We don't ballot harvest. We don't go out and send... no souls to the polls, no buses. Yeah, no 24 hour drive through <laughs> polling locations with no witnesses there. All the weird, suspicious stuff they did. All right, Alex, as far as I'm concerned, like I love it. I love a comeback story. I love an underdog story. If people want to support you, what can they do? Go to alexandramuller.com. That's my website. Uh, what's also on there, we will keep it updated with all the latest legal filings. So if you want to nerd out with Kenny and I, yes. you can read about that. Keep all of latest news articles. So try to make that website a one-stop shop to know what's going on in the case and obviously keeping very active uh, social media. But it is very costly litigation. Uh, Mattress Mac has really borne the brunt of it. You know, this is a problem not of a few people. These are our elections. So any uh, support very much helps. Hey, I'm Kenny Webster. Uh, thanks so much for watching this live stream. Don't forget, Pursuit of Happiness Radio, weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. on KPRC 950. Waldening Johnson Show could be heard on dozens of radio stations all over the South, and we passionately endorse Alex Mueller. I hope she gets somewhere with this. Hey, it's me, the Donald. You're listening to the Pursuit of Happiness Radio. I want to hear your voice on the radio again. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, are we... Oh, are we blaming climate change again? Really? I, I did not see that coming. Greetings, folks. Welcome back for break. The big news of the last 24 hours has to be 55 people dead in Maui. This is horrible. Just terrible. If you've seen the video footage of the fires going on in what I think is Hawaii's biggest city, just absolutely terrible. What is going on over there? Scary to think of, you know, you're on this island. Hawaii's not a big place. Uh, if you've ever been to the Florida Keys or South Padre, you know what it's like to be on an island when there's a disaster happening. And it's not a lot of places to go, not a lot of places to run. And 55 people died. So please pray for them. Let's start off with that. But of course, never let a good tragedy go to waste. Isn't that rule number one in the liberal playbook? Isn't that what Saul Alinsky or Rahm Emanuel or any of those guys would tell you? So, of course, that's what they're doing now. They're blaming this on a hurricane. That's hundreds of miles away. And as my next guest will point out, 
look, we don't really know. We don't really know all the answers yet about what really happened in Maui this week. We just know a big fire happened. A lot, it's a big fire. There's going to be a lot of investigations, kids. It's going to be federal, state, local. A lot of people from all over the world are going to come investigate this fire. So we don't really know the answer. The narrative is going to change over and over again. But a funny thing happened in Maui not long ago that seems to be underreported. Daniel Turner joins us right now from Power of the Future. Daniel, what's all this about an arsonist? Yeah, and, and I'm glad you're, you're bringing this up because as we pivot now to blame climate change, uh, the president will undoubtedly blame MAGA Republicans, right? Whenever there's a natural disaster, of course, the, the, the fascist left of this country always tries to exploit it for power and to damage their opposition. But, but stories have been circulating online, and I found a couple, dating all the way back to May. Here's just one of the headlines I'm reading from WKONKHON in Honolulu, and the headline says, officials suspect someone is setting fires all over Maui. I mean, back in May, they had a, a suspected arsonist on their hand, and, and that's terrible in and of itself. But, but how do we know this wasn't successful arson? How do we know? But, again, will anyone investigate that? Will anyone try to find facts? Or it's just so much easier. It's so much more politically expedient. And, and you know where they do this best, Kenny, which your audience well knows? Shootings are, are obviously their favorite target, right? As soon as there's a tragedy, you just use it to blame your opposition, opposition silence them, and consolidate power. And these fires in Hawaii are no doubtedly undoubtedly terrible but there's evidence going back months that they had an arsonist on their hand and and are we just going to forget about that fact yeah it's a great point look I'll, I'll be the first to admit i don't know a lot about hawaii i've never been there i just embarrassingly a minute ago i think i called maui a city it's an island it's not even the biggest island like i don't understand a lot about what takes place there i'll be the first to admit that but i do know that anytime there's a disaster and people start screaming climate change right away. They don't know what they're talking about either. These people know less about climate change than I probably know about Hawaii, and I've never been to Hawaii before. And, and isn't it, doesn't it suck that as there are people dying, that's somebody's first instinct, is how do we politicize this? It's the same thing with a mass shooting, Daniel. Yeah, it is. And it, and it just has become common of her, our political discourse, unfortunately, at this time. Um, and look, there's always going to be natural disasters. Uh, and, and any politician who tells you that if you elect me, it's going to stop um, is unworthy of the office. Senator Heinrich, uh, a senator from New Mexico, if, and I know it's a border state for you. And if your audience has never heard that name, no one is surprised. Senator Heinrich has done absolutely nothing in the Senate. Uh, he could be sitting next to you right now. As you're, he could be your office mate, and you wouldn't know he's a U.S. senator. So Senator <laughs> Absolutely Empty Suit Heinrich just yesterday or, or uh, on Wednesday of this week um, tweeted about MAGA Republicans winning office, and that's why you have this extreme heat in the southeast. And you want to say, how shameful is it to say that if you just elected better people, people who agreed with me, we wouldn't have heat waves, we wouldn't have tornadoes, we wouldn't, in the case of Hawaii, uh, have these terrible fires. So, yeah, you know, the, you, and this is where back in the day we would maybe hope that we had some some reasonable people in the media who wouldn't allow this sort of, of bashing to happen, but they get off on it too, right? Your local NBC, New York Times reporter is happy to jump on the let's beat up the, the, the right bandwagon because it's, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's a sport. Because it's lazy. It's easy for them. You know, while we're on the topic here, look, I... I want the best solution for the biggest group of people at the, at the at this exact moment that we're in. I'm not 
I'm not here to push some agenda. I'm not trying to solve problems about what's going on 100 years from now. I want the highest quality of life for the for the most the highest number of Americans right now at this exact specific moment. That's what I want. That's why I like fossil fuels. We need life-sustaining energy. We need to keep incubators working. We need air conditioners to work during a summer heat wave. And we need to be able to travel and get from point A to point B. People on the left will often tell you the reason why things like Hawaii happen is because of MAGA Republicans driving their Ford trucks. Well, here's an interesting story today. A Canadian man is calling electric vehicles the biggest scam of modern times after a very frustrating experience he had with a Ford truck, a $115,000 Ford F-150 Lightning EV. Now, we've heard stories that these things combust into flames and just sitting in the garage or scary stuff, right? This guy's name is Dabble Barra, and that's an interesting name, but he lives in Canada, lives in Winnipeg, bought one of these very expensive trucks, translates to, I mean, it's $115,000 Canadian. I don't know what that translates to in America, probably $100,000, told Fox News he needed the vehicle for work, but wanted something suitable for recreational activity as well. Goes on a road trip to Chicago, and the car basically just fails on him halfway there. Can't get to the, his destination. He had to bail on his truck. The ch- couldn't find enough charging stations. It's a tale as old as time. I could tell you all the horrible little details of the story. But, Daniel, you've heard this story a million times before. Uh, the, the car couldn't get him there. Couldn't find a place to no. recharge it at. Too hot out. The air conditioner is eating up too much energy for his family inside so they could sit there comfortably. And this is the solution that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi say will save the planet. Yeah, and and it, and it was a cheapest solution too, right? One hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, that's, that's some hell of an experiment uh, in in the green world. And and look, I'm not blaming the Biden administration that there aren't enough charging stations. I'm not blaming the fossil fuel industry. It is a reality. There are not enough charging stations across this country because there aren't enough EVs to have constituted it. But that said, it is wrong to force people into this vehicle knowing the infrastructure doesn't support it. And the only thing that's going to get the infrastructure to support it is the free market. And so here we have this president who was forcing everyone to, you know, by either either eliminating the combustion engine. We just got new EPA regulations a week ago, tailpipe emissions regulations, with the goal of getting rid of the combustion engine. And the amount of trillions of dollars we've spent to make EVs affordable and excited to the audience, that we're putting a lot of effort into getting people to switch to this product, that there is no infrastructure, there is no market, and this is exactly what's going to happen. We're going to stick these people. And you know what? Worst thing that happened to this guy is he had to abandon his car and figure out another way to get his family home. What happens if he's trying to escape a a fire like you see all the time because of bad forest management? California has the most EVs. They tell people not to charge them because the electric grid can't stand it. And then they have forest fires. What do you do if you have to evacuate? What do you do if if you got to drive your, as a lot of people have done, your elderly parent to the hospital at one in the morning? Right. And you don't have a charge or, or myriad options. And so there isn't an infrastructure to support this product because there hasn't been a market for this product. But That's here's it. people like Joe Biden who think they know better and are going to force you to use it. Have you ever been to the Dakotas, Daniel? Yep. Many times. Beautiful. Right. Most of the Dakotas are beautiful. North, south, you name it. Hottest governor in the country lives in one of those. I think everybody knows Christy Nome, but that's not besides the point. Fargo, 
maybe the most famous city in that region of the country, is actually not a place where you'd probably want to go. We've all seen the movie and the TV show. It's very funny. Oh, yeah, Fargo, don't you know? But you don't actually want to go to Fargo. This poor guy in this news story that was driving from Canada down to Chicago had to stop in Fargo where he because that was the only place with a charging station along his route and he learns the unfortunate lesson that a fargo is not a nice town and then b these fast charging stations actually cost more money than gas for the same mileage we've been told over and over again no 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 the ev is going to save you money it most certainly does not i've never met anybody that's owned one of these things that would say that daniel no, and this is where the, the, the Buddha judges and the Jennifer Granholms and the Joe Bidens just flat out are are lying to you or at least not withholding or at least withholding the fullness of truth. They say if you get an EV, you don't have to worry about high gas prices. That is – I'll give you that part. That is true. You don't have to worry about a gas bill. But you do have to pay for your electric bill. And when homeowners see that they get these 220 fast chargers installed in their home, not just the outlying costs of $12,000 or so to put them to have them installed in the house, but then your electric bill is going to go up 400, 500, however many dollars a month. So yeah, maybe you don't have a gas bill, but you certainly are going to have some cost. But that's not what they tell you. And that's the dishonesty coming from this administration. They make it sound like you buy the EV, your problems are solved. Nope, you have new, different challenges, problems, obstacles, however you want to phrase it. So so why don't we have this honest conversation with the American people before we force them into this product? You add on top of that, as you just outlined, the fact that you can't travel it around the country because there's no charging stations. You add on top of that what I just said about electric grids aren't stable. What if you have an emergency? Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I wouldn't own an EV as my only form of transportation. Um, I just think the American people deserve to have an honest conversation on this, but they don't get it. They get $7,500 tax rebates and and a threat from the EPA to get rid of their regular Ford F-150 because Joe Biden doesn't like it. Amen. And the fact that these things, some of them are blowing up at people's garages, but I don't want to... It's not okay. That's not that common, but it happened. Look it up. Challenge me if you will. Hey, that's my buddy, Daniel Turner. If you've never been to his website before, it's powerthefuture.com. Follow him on Twitter. Look up Daniel Turner, creator of Power of the Future. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is Kenny Webster's Pursuit of Happiness. Dig it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.